This is a podcast from Rover. And our special guest is here. Special guests. Yeah, buddy. Excited to be here and uh, uh, excited to be uh, in New Zealand. And uh, uh, should I introduce myself? Or what, what are we? <laughs> Just yeah, say pick- hello. Just say hello. <laughs> yeah, but who have you brought along? Yeah. And there's a whole raft yeah. of people that are here. <laughs> well, uh, my name's Tom Arnold. I used to be famous. Uh, <laughs> In the 90s, uh, I was ma- married to a awful uh, bitch of a woman uh, <laughs> named Roseanne, and uh, I used to be famous, and uh, and I am here in town with the great Tracy Morgan, uh, who you guys love, Yeah, he's, he's a pretty big deal. Uh, What's happening in Auckland? <laughs> What's up, white people? <laughs> and uh, we also have uh, uh, one of the greatest actors of all time, uh, Mr. Yeah. Christopher Walken yeah, this here. Is, uh, we, we just recently saw uh, Fat Boy Slim, the artist, come through mm-hmm. as well, made famous, obviously, your work that you did in his video clip. And he looks like the devil. He looked like the devil. You got crazy devil here. <laughs> he does look like the devil. And, uh, but I, we like having him here. And we got something crazy we want to uh, propose to you. So uh, Mr. Walken is staring at you because... He doesn't uh, like to talk. Yeah, well, he wants to do something. We were watching some videos. You guys did a whole series of videos of just doing dad jokes. Yeah, and uh, we're week. in town to go see uh, Craig Gass and Russell Peters at the Spark Arena on Saturday. And uh, what we want to do is see if uh, we can get Christopher Walken to open up the show at the Spark Arena by yeah. having him do some of his jokes for you guys. Oh, well, bloody love Man, that. What a great warm-up. Yeah. I think it would be great. And I've got a lot of skills. I can act. I can dance. I like to cook. But my real skill is doing funny make-em-ups. <laughs> yeah, let me just clarify that. Uh, funny, fu- yeah, funny make-em-ups is like an old guy term for uh, uh, improv. So, uh, but he's got—he's uh, actually got a bunch of jokes, and he'd like to read to your audience right now. And if your audience likes the jokes, we're going to demand that Christopher Walken open up the show at the Spark Arena on Saturday night with Russell Peters and Craig Gass. So. That's, if you—if uh, you're into this, uh, just text yes, and then we'll make sure that that happens. To these jokes, these jokes are corny. I don't like these jokes. <laughs> I told him if you want to be funny, you got to be racist. <laughs> Uh, that's not true. Now, Mr. Walken, you're, you're, it's your turn. You have the floor, uh, sir. Go ahead and, and start uh, anytime you're ready. All right. Here's a great joke that you can tell, you kids. Why did Tigger smell why, so why? bad? <laughs> why? why? Yeah, I, I don't know. Why, why did Tigger uh, smell so bad there, Mr. Walken? Because he's always playing with poo. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Go to uh, the Spark Arena and demand that Christopher Walken open up the show for uh, Craig Gass and uh, Russell Peters, and uh, you'll hear jokes like that. I think we have some more. You want to hear some more? Yes, please. All right. Here's another joke. What do you call a cow with three legs? Well, I don't know. What do you, what do you call a cow with three legs there, Mr. Walken? A tri-tip. Pow. <laughs> Pow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why he's adding the pow, but it certainly gives it a little bit of a kick. <laughs> I got a sequel to that joke. What do you call a cow <laughs> with two legs? Oh, man. Uh, well, we're going with three legs. That was a tri-tip. All right, well, what do you call a cow with two legs there, Mr. Walken? Lean beef. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> These jokes are corny. These jokes suck. You've probably heard of Craig Gass does a bunch of famous ass. 
He was on six in the city. He knows some blokes called Corey Taylor and Lars. You can see him this weekend at Spa. Stupid. Get out of here! <laughs> Mate, what an absolute treat to oh, have just you in the studio. Yeah. Is it my birthday? What? How, does, how do I get a song like that? <laughs> it feels like it's going to implode so sore and such a pleasure to have you in here. That is the, that's Dr. Caleb, uh, the man behind the... Um, good Lord. How good. That's amazing. Craig, can we just quickly do the postcard? Because I'm just weary. We're going to play another song shortly, but you're in for a while. But the postcard version of how you know Corey Taylor from Stone Sour and Slipknot? Uh, prank phone call. <laughs> I prank called him. My friend Chubbs, who's now working with Adele, uh, was on tour. Uh, he calls me up and he says, hey, uh, he goes, what, what are you doing right now? And I said, uh, nothing. Why? What's going on? He said, I'm on tour with this band, Stone Sour, and their singer, uh, Corey Taylor, last night on stage paid tribute to Kiss because um, it was announced that day that Kiss was finally going to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So Corey did two songs by Kiss on stage, and he said, we thought it'd be funny if you called him as Gene Simmons and told him that you're mad at him and he owes you money now. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's easy. So he put me on the phone with Corey, and I said the worst stuff. And Corey remembers it. I don't remember this line. I was so in character. I don't remember the opening line, but Corey tells me, uh, that the first line I ever said to him on the phone is he picked up the phone and he goes, hey, Gene, how you doing? And I went, not good. That was the first <laughs> words out of my mouth. Just come out not good. And then I insulted him for five minutes and, um, and then hung up the phone on him. And apparently he spent the rest of the day still upset that Gene Simmons, even though I said absurd things, I told him, his hook, line, and sinker. I said, you know you have to have sex with Paul Stanley now. Go to kissonline.com. <laughs> Click on my cod piece. Like, what? <laughs> what? And I hung up. And then he was still upset. And I was like, I told him to click on my cod piece. Like, how? Um, <laughs> like, it doesn't get any dumber. And then um, and then I, I called back and prank called him again. And then he was still stammering. And I said... Corey, my name's Craig Gass. I'm a stand-up comedian. And he goes, no way. Are you, wait a minute. Hold up. You're a stand-up? Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. What are you doing on May 25th? And I went, uh, hold on. I go, I don't, I don't have anything going on. He said, all right, I'm going to fly you to Ohio, <laughs> and you're going to do a roast. And we did a roast of Corey Taylor. It was um, me and Clown. And a bunch of comedians and Scott Ian from Anthrax. And we roasted. And that was the first time that I got to know him. But we both live in Vegas now. And he's always, uh, it sounds like a weird thing, but he's always cooking for me. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like an absurd thing to say, but but he's actually a good cook and he's always cooking for me. In fact, when I get home in April, he's getting back from Japan. He's like, come over, I'll cook you some food. So, yeah. Okay, so and this is a wild-ass ride, and we're going to dig right into yeah. it. Dude, there's so much. This is I, When I say this is the tip of the iceberg, <sighs> just <laughs> saved your broadcasting license right there. <laughs> I love it. We're flying <laughs> by the seat of my pants. Real crook chat off here, and there's going to be a long-form um, <laughs> chat on uh, hopefully a podcast um, tomorrow because you've just got the most amazing stories. If you just joined us, uh, we've got Craig Gass in studios opening up for Russell Peters at Spark Arena. Limited tickets available, um, and you can get them sent to your mobile phone on the link to buy them at uh, if you just text ticket to 3520. Now, you were doing um, your Gene Simmons uh, uh, impersonation before. Yep. And oh. 
And there's a funny story about how you uh, were on Howard Stern's show. Which is doing the, the impression. Yeah, doing the impression. Doing a lot of them. Okay, so I got to back up a little bit more than that. Mm. Well, how about we how about we go back to this, how, go back to the very start and how you actually came to be the voices? Because I think this is a, an incredibly compelling story. So I've, I'm a comedian who's played a bunch of characters on King of Queens and Sex and the City. I do voices on. I've done voices on Family Guy, American Dad. I'm mostly known as a voice guy. I've always been able to do any voice that I hear because of how I grew up. And this is not a joke. This is a true story. Everyone in my family is deaf. My mom, my dad, and my sister are all completely deaf. So growing up in a deaf family, I couldn't learn how to talk from my family. I learned how to talk by watching TV and copying all the voices I heard in TV. And I never got an accent from the Bronx, which is where I'm from. And everybody in the Bronx sounds like Tracy Morgan. Everybody in the Bronx <laughs> talk like this, whether you black or white, male or female. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, this is the voice of your next door neighbor, and I'm a Vietnamese girl. That's crazy. Like, everybody sounds like that. Everybody has this crazy, horrifying accent. So as I was growing up and listening to uh, voices, the weirder the voice, the easier it was for me to do it. Like, Christopher Walken has a real stop-and-go kind of voice where he'll talk every once in a while. He'll stop. And then I'll keep going. Or, uh, you know, Adam Sandler, shibby-doo, hee-hoo, you know. And, um, and so um, Howard, uh, Howard Stern, and uh, uh, some of those animated shows like Family Guy and American Dad will hit me up and say, hey, can you do this? Can you, if you give me a couple of days, I'll work on it and I can, and I can knock it out. So that, that's the background. So yeah. I start doing radio the same time I start doing comedy, and then I quickly make it up to the Howard Stern show within – the uh, first two years of doing radio, Man. and um, and Howard starts putting me on to do voices, and I would do um, Sam Kinison calling in live from hell, which was a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this, this is when bad people died. Yeah. When bad people died. You I, were beside them in hell ringing the radio show. I, I would call in from, from the gates of hell and go, hey guys, it's Sam Kinison broadcasting live from the gates of hell. <laughs> and, uh, and guess who's here with me? It's a scary! Oh! <laughs> it was terrible. And then once Howard started letting me have some free reign, I started coming up with the weirdest stuff. Like I like like somebody would be in the news and I'd go, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did something with that? Like Al Pacino had twins. Uh even though at the time Al Pacino was sixty seven hundred years old and he had twins and I said wouldn't it be funny if one of the babies called into the show and was a regular on the show and sounded just like Al Pacino and it was a baby and then we would do this segment where Howard would go man you are Al Pacino's baby what do you like to do for fun uh, what do I like to do for fun I like to pee you like to pee I Love to pee. <laughs> my mama, Beverly D'Angelo, whenever she changes my diapers, I give a quick squirt right in the face. Hoo <laughs> Yeah, it was terrible. I like when I can hear slightly muted laughter on the other side of the glass. <laughs> yeah, that looks it's amazing. It's two soundproof bits of glass. You got, the, right, right outside, and then the producer's new You've got, like, interns out there trying to <sighs> scheme on how to get your job while they're laughing at this. 
Like, I should be in that radio booth. What am I doing out here? I shouldn't be in the turn. I deserve to be in that booth. But yeah, that that's how it all started. And then, and when I got on the Howard Stern show, everyone I did an impression of heard about it, and they all started trying to find me and trying to meet me. And I did this impression. Was it positive or was it predominantly negative? Almost always positive. Even if they were kind of, I remember Alec Baldwin saying to me once, he said, do you ever walk up to the people you do impressions of and say, hi, I do an impression of you. Would you like to hear it? And I said, no, but you know what happens is they find me and then they say, I want to hear the impression. And then I'll do it for them. And then they feel weird. And Baldwin said, <laughs> you know why? It's because you take a part of their soul. And I said, what? <laughs> what the hell? What are you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, but I get it. I don't know if you ever had somebody do an impression of you, but if somebody does an impression of you and everyone laughs, you're kind of like, Damn, uh, why is that funny? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. almost like hearing your voice for the first time on a recording. You go, ooh, is that what I sound like? So uh, everyone had a positive reaction to it, to me doing an impression of them, except for Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you dined out with him. Gene Simmons from Kiss got so mad about my impression that he got on a plane, flew to New York specifically to confront me live on the Howard Stern show. Did you know that he was going to be there? No. Our producer, Gary so Delabate, walked in and said, hey, guys, we got a problem. Uh, uh, Gene Simmons is here. He wants to beat the hell out of Craig. And I go, what? <laughs> He's here? Like, he interrupted the broadcast and said, Gene's here. He wants to beat up Craig. And I go, well, we're not going to let him come in the building, right? And he goes, well, all the security guards are big Kiss fans. They've already let him in without a pass. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? And Howard kept like looking at me and he said, Craig, Craig, Craig. This is going to be the best show I've ever done. And I was like, what? <laughs> for who? All about for the writings. Who? And I was like, not for me. Maybe for you, but not for me. And then uh, they let Gene come in. There's a little bit of backstory to it, which is learning the Gene Simmons impression. I got the greatest advice years and years ago from an old friend of mine named John Bianelli. He works for the band Aerosmith. And John Bianelli taught me how to do a Gene Simmons impression by saying, if you want to do a Gene Simmons impression, watch Benjamin Netanyahu. It's the same voice. Hi, this is Benjamin Netanyahu from Kiss. It's the same thing. So, so I started doing this impression of Gene Simmons, and the craziest thing happened where people started coming out of the woodwork to send me stories and say, hey, I have a story about Gene. Maybe you could use it. You know, I used to work with Kiss. Maybe you could use this. I told you the one out in the hallway. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to play yeah. another song. I'm going to um, get to that after the pumpkins because it's an absolute beauty with a great twist at the end. Can we get the uh, Gene Simmons trolling Lars Ulrich as well? Absolutely. This is a great song from Smashing Pumpkins. I liked it a lot better the first time I heard it when it was called Rock and Roll All Night Party Every Day. Here's Smashing Pumpkins ripping me off. Go to kissonline.com. <laughs> Just wanted to say, because obviously you're a voice actor and yep. you can do all these different impressions and you grew up in a deaf family. Yeah. So your mother, father, sister, all deaf. And so they never got to hear your true talent or one of your true talents and then you finally, so firstly, how, did, how does that sit with you? I never thought about that because I used to, before I ever uh, started doing voices, I used to do impressions for my family, my deaf family, <laughs> that involved no voices. I would just do impressions of like body language, which even uh, to this day, when I'm doing an impression, I think of the person you know, like uh, Adam Sandler, as uh, uh, nervous energy, you know. 
And then, uh, or, you know, or Al Pacino will just stare right through your soul. Like he can feel your soul, my friend. Who like you know? So I always think of like the body language first yeah. before I even do the voices. But, um, but yeah, my mom loved that. Um, she, they would have known you were extremely funny though, because they would have seen the reactions from people around you, and they would be like, "Well, we've got an extremely funny son." Yeah. Great. Well, then then they get to actually see you and your acting prowess, and, yeah. the, and after not being able to see you for ages, yep. then they see you go in on Sex in the City, eat a donut, and then spend. <laughs> Hours between somebody's legs in a yep. massive sex scene that went on for ages. Yes, and it was uh, every TV show I've been on, King of Queens, uh, Law and Order, Las Vegas, uh, Sex and the City, everything was also closed caption. So they were able to watch it and enjoy it. And But I never told my mom about Sex and the City. I was I was, I was, was, I didn't feel comfortable with her seeing it. And it was out for like a year before my mom said, why do my friends say that you were on this TV show? And I was like... Oh, oh uh, uh, and so I watched it with her, and we sat down and watched me perform an obscene sex act with um, Miranda, who I dated on the show, and um, and she watched the whole episode. When the credits started rolling, she went, "My baby." <laughs> have you ever done? Because you American Sign, you you know American Sign, yeah. And have you ever done a show in that for deaf people? I've every time my mom and my sister would come to see me. Um, I would always hire uh, interpreters to stand on stage with me, which became so educational to say, all right, so these people have to interpret everything I'm going to say. So let's, <laughs> off start, you go, real let's start off with a couple of keywords. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to learn how to sign butt stuff, like, or whatever, like, and, and you go through every dirty phrase, and then the poor interpreter is like, uh, like, like, everything you do, she's having to do. You know, it's funny because, uh, uh, people are usually um, sensitive to uh, when I tell them my family's deaf. They get sensitive around me, or, or they they. Um, it's just funny. Most people are sensitive. How did Lars Ulrich describe them? <laughs> Lars Ulrich from Metallica. I'm the first comedian to ever open for Metallica, and Lars Ulrich had a different approach. He introduced me to his band by saying, "Hey, man, this is Craig." This is the guy does all the voices and check it out. His whole family is retarded. I go, they're not retarded. What, the, what are you oh talking about? God. They're deaf. I'm like, dude, you are messing my story up. They're not retarded. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, which is funny to me uh, because uh, the most insensitive and the most uh, outrageously wrong deaf jokes I've ever heard in my life were from deaf people. Like my sister a few years ago. I threw a surprise birthday party for my sister, and you can argue that anything for deaf people is a surprise, but I, uh, I threw a surprise birthday party for my sister. Afterwards, at dinner, my sister, who is deaf, is sitting across the table from me, and she's signing to me, and she waves at me, and she says, do you want to hear a good joke? And I said, sure. And then she said... <laughs> Me too. And I was like, oh my God. What the hell? Like, what? Yeah. It was wildly, wildly inappropriate. But uh, but yeah, we were starting to get into the Gene Simmons yes. stuff. Yeah. We've got time for the story you told me um, um, out there in the office, which is a ripper. Because I've interviewed Gene um, Simmons once. Yeah. And he had massive big D energy. Like it was a real, he, he commands a room like yes, no one else. He does. He's got an enormous amount of um, what we in New Zealand say, mana, like 
he's just a big human with a presence, right? Which is why it's amazing to hear the stories of the other side of it. Mm. The story I was telling, there's two stories I'd like to tell you. Okay. The first one, which I already told you out in the hallway, is a friend of mine who works for the Red Hot Chili Peppers called me up and said, hey, I'm recording a new album with the Chili Peppers, and the guy who owns the studio wants to talk to you. Can I put him on the phone? And I go, sure. And he goes, all right, this guy loves you. And this guy goes, dude, I love all of your impressions, especially your Gene Simmons, because Gene Simmons was the first guy to ever screw me over in this business. <laughs> and um, he tried to, um, he came into my studio a few years ago, and he was producing a new artist. Um and at the last minute, Gene tried to switch into my largest space for the same amount of money. And when he showed up at my studio, he said, did you get my message? I want to use Studio A. And I said, I did. I actually called you back. I don't know if you got my message, but someone is using that studio. And I asked them if they would switch. And they said no. <laughs> and Gene goes, do they know that Gene Simmons from kiss is here <laughs> and he goes you know what if you want to ask them you can ask them but i'm not going to ask them again he goes all right where's studio a and he goes it's all the way down the hall it's the last door on the right gene simmons goes walking down the hallway boots on <laughs> oats opens up the studio the door to studio a looks inside and sees the wu-tang clan recording an album <laughs> and then slowly closes the door Comes back up to the front and says, <clears throat> right, we're Studio B. He never even opened his mouth to the Wu-Tang Clan. But my favorite story is my buddy who was a guitar tech for Kiss for many years. He worked with Kiss on and off for 20 years. And that guy said, this, by the way, you can uh, put as a banner, worst advice to share with another man <laughs> about love <laughs> gene simmons according to my friend who had worked with kiss for many years gene simmons hooked up with miss america while they were on the road it was the reigning miss america of that year according to my friend and the next night gene hooked up with a whore a, a girl that was such a mess that even the guys in the road crew went oh my god did you see that the next night, they're in a town with a day off, and they, um, the, whole, the band and the crew are staying in the same hotel. Usually, the band will stay at a five-star hotel, and the road crew will stay at a four-star hotel, but apparently this town is so small, everyone's staying in the same hotel. And this guy is describing to me, he said, I just happened to turn around as Gene Simmons is walking to the lobby, and he's dragging this really morbidly obese woman with him <laughs> through the lobby, and he gets to the elevator, pushes the button to his floor, and then sees me in the bar. We make eye contact, and he folds his arms and goes, oh, yeah, bing, and then the doors close. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he said the next day at sound check, he walked up to him and said, Gene, Gene, did you, uh, did you hook up with that girl last night? And he goes, of course. <laughs> and he goes, Gene, didn't you hook up with Miss America tonight? And he goes, Steve, listen to me, okay? I'm going to give you some valuable advice. You can't have filet mignon every night. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go to McDonald's. It's the worst advice you could possibly tell a young man. Oh, my God. 
Bush? Sometimes you gotta go to McDonald's. Just take whatever you can get. <laughs> it's great gas if you oh, guys just uh, tuned in. What an absolute treat. Our faces are sore. You can see him at Spark hey, Radio. By the so, way, right, I just yes. posted a video of me with Sam Kinison when I was 17 years old, I think. I was 17, 18 years old. And uh, I just posted it on my Instagram. If you want to see a weird video, uh, go to it's uh, at Craig Gas Comedy, at Craig Gas Comedy with two S's. And you'll see that video with Sam Kinison. And then if you scroll through, you'll see some crazy, crazy videos of, um, uh, of you'll just look. And I yeah, never, yeah. I never say what it is, but if you, you, you can even read in the comments, people going, Hey, who, who's that Axl Rose looking guy next to you or, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and you just look at the, yeah, but look at that video at Craig gas comedy with two S's. And, um, if you had advice about what to do in Auckland for the next couple of days before we do our show at the spark. Please tell me. Ticket to three five two zero. Thanks so much, mate. Thank you, man. Jay and Dunk have a podcast, and this is it. You're listening to it.